Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Yeah! Talking about expressvpn.com slash Nooners. Love ExpressVPN. You've got to have a VPN in today's world or you're not living your life right, brother. People are going to start stealing your passwords, all your bank info, everything. And I know most of you are probably thinking, uh, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using Express VPN. Huge fan. I've had it for years. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background uh, of all my computers and my laptops and my phones, and it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, like I was saying, phones, computers, uh, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash nooners, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash nooners. Expressvpn.com slash nooners. Head there to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com. 
Welcome to Ross Patterson Revolution. Well, kids, there's some times in life that are so full of magic that you wish they were recorded. Uh, today was one of those days, <laughs> except we actually did record it. We got a chance to sit down with Robert Davi. Uh, Robert Davi is uh, one of the greatest actors we- we've ever had. Uh, he's been the bad guy or the heavy uh, in a ton of movies. Uh, talking about Goonies. Goonies, first and foremost. He was the lead bad guy in Goonies. Uh, License to Kill, Expendables 3. Um, he's worked with Brando, Sinatra, you name it. Like uh, This guy has done it. And I was always fascinated when I watched him in films because uh, he had such a specific look and he was, he was so menacing. But he was such a great actor that, that you, you wanted him in everything. Uh, and he's and he's super Italian. He just he has that that look like, eh, but I'll fucking kill you. And uh, when I when the, when this meeting got set up for us to get together and do this interview, uh, jokingly I had said to a mutual friend of ours, I said, uh, "Well, what is it going to be in an, an Italian deli or something?" Um, get the address. Don't know where the address is. Show up with Jesse and. We are in a strip mall at an Italian deli, and, and that's where the interview took place. Um, people were asking for pictures to sign things uh, and not stopping during the middle of the interview. So you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of shit that you don't typically hear on the show where it's like a lot of stopping. Not a stopping. We just let it go, but, but people coming up and stopping him, wanting to talk to him, the owner coming over feeding us food uh it was some of the best food on the planet and uh, we had about what 10 or 12 trays of uh of it from sausage to uh prosciutto uh, to everything across the board and uh eggplant parmesan and you'll hear him coming in and out serving us dishes as well the owner um so i i I am not really sure what to say other than that because I've never done an interview like live in the middle of a, a fully functioning Italian deli, but it was it was awesome. And it was uh, one of the best times I've had in a long time. And uh, Robert Davi was amazing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get to sponsors and then uh, I'm going to play the episode for you. Uh, first and foremost, we got BlackRifleCoffee.com. Black Rifle Coffee is uh, the best coffee in the biz. I, I look, I've been a subscriber of their coffee club now for about a year and a half, and uh, it gets shipped to my door, same date every month, and it's it's the goddamn greatest. They got K-Cups, they got bags, uh, they've got some, they've, I believe their new blend is called Freedom Blend, and uh, we were drinking that here in Los Angeles, um, but I drink the Just Black and the Caffeinated as fuck, I love it, and their apparel's top notch, you're not going to find better apparel on the market and those guys go to blackriflecoffee.com use the promo code revolution for a one time use uh, next up we've got strikeforceenergy.com strikeforce energy you can kick the can kids you don't need the can anymore you're a monster kickstart red bull all of it this is a tasty tiny little tin pouch you just rip it open squeeze it into any liquid available talking beers waters liquors liqueurs kool-aids 
the business. It goes inside of everything. They got four amazing flavors, original, uh, lemon, orange, and make America grape again. The grape is my favorite. Uh, their boxes are only like $9.95, so if, if you're thinking about testing them out, uh, highly, highly worth it. They ship everywhere in the entire world, and they also have a subscription of the month club. So go to strikeforceenergy.com, type in the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Uh, next up, we've got straightrazors.com. Come on, these are our OG homies. You know them, you love them. They make the finest shaving products in the biz. They've also got the best kits ever. So you're, if you're looking to get a gift for somebody, uh, there's nothing better than a, than a fine uh, kit from straightrazors.com. They've got straight razors. They've got safety razors in case you never tried those before. They've got the beard oils, shampoos, conditioners, mustache waxes. Their aftershave uh, smolder is the jam. It is my favorite and also their cologne. Big, big fan of Smolder. Big, big fan of StrikeForceEnergy.com. Type in the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Uh, next up, we've got the Caillou app. That's K-A-Y-U. Um, this was uh, this is dropping March 10th. This is actually free. You don't need anything. So you just go to your phone and download the Caillou app. Try, they're, they're trying to revolutionize so, uh, social media. Two Green Berets out of uh, Fort Bragg. Uh, have come together to to create a travel and lodging app um, that also like look it, it serves as like a a grinder as well like a like a Tinder that like that type of shit um, uh, for men and women you can do whatever you want you meet up with people split costs and vacations traveling uh, all that shit and uh, and it's great everybody's ranked they have a uh, St Patrick's Day party going on March seventeenth in Charleston South Carolina. You can drink at all the bars downtown if you have the Caillou app downloaded and you just show the bouncer. Boom. Caillou app come in in your face March 10th. Download for free. No strings attached. Uh, here we go, kids. Robert Davi in the middle in the middle of a deli. Uh, in the middle of an Italian deli on, on 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, this, this was one of the funnest podcasts we've ever had. Check it out. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. <laughs> what are you left? You ready? I'm ready. Uh, Go ahead. Go. This, this, this is, right? it, it, it's almost too perfect. You realize that, right? We're at the San Carlo Italian Deli. That's right. With Robert Davi. In Chatsworth. In Chatsworth, California. That's right, baby. Off of uh, Mason and Devonshire. Oh, boy. Best it, Italian deli you'll ever go to. Uh, of all time. You you chided me when I walked in, and he's like, oh, we, we, you need an electrical outlet. Cool. You, you need some food. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I need some food. I got the Italian sub, and you chided me. You wanted me to go eggplant parm, which is what my, my, my wife ended up getting. She's a smart woman. You should get a panzerotti. I mean, all the food here is great. They make their own bread. So you're going to taste the best. Oh, it's delightful. Did you get it on a crispy roll? Oh, of course. Of right. course. God bless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're great sandwich. Like you said, you go to an Italian deli, you got to get a great sandwich. Yeah, but how do you stay in shape? You don't come that often. you got to come <laughs> once a week. Once a week. That's it. Yeah. Just just once to get it in. And, and, once a uh, week. Get the fix in and you're gone. Yeah, and you're gone. You're gone. Uh, it was. It, look, it's a pleasure. Thank you for sitting down with me. Um, it's an honor. You've been in, geez, every movie under the sun for. No, not every movie. I was in a bunch of them that were that were being honored last night. I wasn't. In. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, we were all in a bunch of movies that, that were honored last night that we weren't in. Um, have you ever been in the Oscars? Mm-hmm. 
What, what, what movie were you there for? I was just there for, I forget, one year. It was no movie. It was right. not a movie. We just uh, went with a friend of mine and just enjoyed it. Did you have a good time? We went backstage, yeah. 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 yeah, it's kind of a kick. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's I mean, I, I don't know. It's a mixed bag of, of stuff. There's a long story about but my friend who just passed, one of the great producers uh, and intellects, George Englund. Yeah. Uh, he uh, produced and directed The Ugly American with Marlon Brando, ran Brando's company and was best friends with Paul Newman. He tells a funny story of he and Marlon sitting in a car uh, before the Oscars, Oscar night. I think the night he won an, won an Academy Award and they were debating whether he should go or not with the tuxedos hanging in the back seat. Really? Yeah. Uh, and then they finally decided to... To end up going, yeah. End up going, yeah. I mean... Well, before he hadn't gone. Like, Brando didn't go before, right? He sent the Indian woman? Well, that was later on. Yeah. That was uh, later on. Uh, but, no, no, I mean, he had gone. And, uh, you know, it's an honor. It's an honor to be... Uh, but, you know, it's a mixed bag of, 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 uh, of, uh, of things there. Um, it's always good to be recognized for your work and the process of the work. What... Uh, is different is the uh, the residual politics that has all of a sudden pervaded right the whole uh, event and um, did you watch it last night uh, no because it, it was extremely political obviously yeah, last night I've heard about it I've, saw, I've seen the clips I've read some of the articles on it and um, it was um, uh, I, you know look there's a forum for everything but I think it's quite disrespectful and I think it's quite uh, I call it Little Hollywood now, not Big Hollywood anymore. It's a Little Hollywood. Right. It's a vindictive Little uh, Hollywood that is, uh, that, you know, it, it, it's not able to accept ulterior points of view and let them be celebrated. They have a groupthink mentality that just shout out and spout out their own uh, underpinnings. And um, I think they have to be more inclusive. You know, I, I think there's a lot of issues and, and, and good issues that they're talking about always. Right. You know what I mean? But I don't think the Oscars are a, a, a platform for it because most of the people aren't very, very well informed. They don't have the historical significance. I mean, I did a post. To me, it was Johnny Garfield's birthday. That's what was interesting last night. For me, March 4th was Garfield, John Garfield, one of the great actors of all time, one of the first method actors of all time, who was with part of the group theater. Uh, was nominated twice. He never won an Oscar, uh, but he uh, he was uh, blacklisted. And uh, there was a meeting at Ida Lupino's house. Now she was like a uh, kind of a important actress of that time in the 40s. And there was a let's say a meeting of the Communist Party in Hollywood at her house, and a bunch of celebrities were going to. Uh, Hosted by Sterling Hayden, the actor from The Godfather who played the police captain. Right. And Sterling Hayden was the head of the Communist Party in America, uh, or in Hollywood. He was the head, actually. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, no, not many people know all this story. But uh, uh, Ronald Reagan had kind of crashed the party at the time. And Ronald Reagan uh, wanted to speak to the contingents. And uh, they were shouting him down, not wanting to hear a dissenting voice. And it was John Garfield, who was a left guy, who was blacklisted, I told you, later in life, right. who said, let him speak. He, he, 
shouted them down and said he should speak. We should hear all points of view. This was John Garfield. And that's lacking today. I doubt if I went to a Hollywood uh, party, party event. event and I wanted to speak, I don't think Jimmy Kimmel, for instance, would say let him speak. He may. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I respect Jimmy Kimmel and like him. I've, I've met him socially in Italy and in America. You know, he's a great guy. His family's wonderful. Uh, but we have to be able to have a, a unemotional discourse on our differences. And just because you have a difference don't mean, you know, doesn't mean one side or the other is, is, uh, should be punished for it, nor should they uh, exclude a, another voice, another another. Um, anyway, yeah, no. I, look, I, I agree. I think um, you know. I've, look, I've been in, been in the industry close to twenty years at this point. I've seen it change in just that that small amount of time. I mean, somebody like you, you've been here years. for yeah, exactly. My first film with Sinatra. Yeah. There was much more inclusiveness and tolerance. I was in entertainment, you know, as a kid, and um, uh, look at it, in terms of someone's sexuality, that was never an issue for me. Let people. You know, they should have their own freedom, love who they want to love. That was never an issue. I have other conservative values, but I'm not going to uh, uh, judge anyone's lifestyle. That's not for me to do, and uh, I wouldn't do that. And uh, but, and you can divorce personal beliefs from political uh, 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 or uh, political beliefs. Like I think an incident just happened recently that I found a little disturbing. Uh, Mike Huckabee, who's yeah. a really nice guy. Mike Huckabee is one of the nicest people I've met. And, now, and his daughter is uh, the director of yeah. communications, I believe, at the White House now, Sarah Huckabee yeah. Sanders. Yeah, but Mike Huckabee is one of the nicest guys. And he, he uh, look, at he was a, basically like a, a preacher. He's a you know Christian. He has a point of view. He has a definite point of view, but that point of view doesn't supersede his his uh, his humanistic approach to life. He might have a religious for himself. and uh, But anyway, he was on this board of governor for the CMA to do art in school, which is, I, I'm a big champion of art in school. It's very important. And I think that they, they created enough noise that they made him resign from the CMA, the Country Music Awards, or that group of people, which I found that to be almost like a mafia move from a certain contingent, it was it's counterintuitive, a counter to what they're talking about their inclusiveness. Uh, he's not there to preach his beliefs and change anyone's beliefs. He's there to make sure that we get art, which I think is so crucial, especially at this particular time in our history. When I grew up, there was art in school, and kids had an outlet, an artistic, poetic outlet. There was something bigger than themselves. There was art is a form of a spiritual uh, uh, encounter. And by taking that out of the schools, I think it's part of what's led to this, uh, the decay of our society and the violence that we're finding in schools and with kids and disrespect, along with uh, having a moment of silence or a moment of prayer. So it's very complex, the issue. And one side is, is being very, um, uh, 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 again, to have someone who's a champion of the arts in, 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 in school um, and to be able to divorce yourself from his politics. I mean, this is the worst kind of blacklisting you can imagine, again, that uh, a certain contingent is doing. And people are afraid to speak up about it. And I think it's unfortunate. And it feels like it's getting worse. 
Um, at least, at least to me, like everybody's making their divisions and they're making their lines in particular in the media, late night talk shows, etc. And it's like, if you voted or you believe in something else, um, I mean, they're completely separating people based on either religious beliefs or political beliefs. And, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be. I mean, you can have a difference of opinion and you can coexist and you can hear, uh, 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 that difference of opinion. You don't have to agree, but you can listen to it. And you can work on a common goal. Right. Both sides can work on a common goal. For instance, the common goal of art and school is, to me, supersedes uh, the, the fear uh, that, uh, that, that uh, uh, you know, I, I, don't see, I don't see what that fear is. I see um, the, you know, when I was a kid, I was a Catholic. Where did you grow up? In Long Island. And I, I, I was a, kind of like I had a Jesuit who was very, very... It was into physics, metaphysics, and I was studying metaphysics and everything. And I learned a whole attitude of um, a, 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 a range of different philosophies, from Zen to Buddhism, to the, you know. And I was interested in, in the alternative or the spiritual world, Gurdjieff, and uh, and uh, the esoterics, mm-hmm. the aesthetic esoteric, Krishnamurti. I was always interested in exploring that. And I saw, for me, because I knew. Christianity or Catholicism, I was able to see the symbolism in those religions, in those experiences, and, and combine those with what I was experiencing with prayer and meditation and everything else, and also the symbols within uh, the Mass. So one day I'm having a discussion with my mother, about 16, in the kitchen, and I'm telling her about this philosophical understanding I had of Christianity. At 16 years old. Yeah. <laughs> And she looked at me for a second. It was like I pushed her off a building. My mom, who was the head of confraternity for Long Island. Right. It's like I pushed her off a building and she looked at me and she says, what, what, what do I believe in then? And at that moment, I realized I had a responsibility not to, not to have my belief or have my understanding push someone who didn't have that yet. Right. I was pushing her off a building because it d- destroyed her belief system. And it would have, you know... And I saw the panic in her eyes with that moment. I said, no, no, mom, 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 I'm just talking. It's just, it's just, I'm just talking, mom. It's just philo- philosophical yeah, 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 discussion. Yeah. No, this is what, oh, 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 okay. Well, there are hordes of people out there that feel the same way as my mom. And to all of a sudden just push them off a building, off a, off a tower. It's like creating, you know, those people that jumped off the World Trade Center. Emotionally, it's the same kind of spiritual descent. Uh, where they don't understand yet. Yeah, because it's, you know, you believe in one thing your entire life, and uh, anybody... You have to move that agenda slowly. Y- yeah. And you have to let people believe what they want to believe. Or let the, you, can't, you can't force them. It's not them. an overnight decision, it's for not, sure. No, and you can't fault them for their beliefs, because you have a certain agenda, and you're pushing your agenda so vehemently in every aspect of the culture, and you're crushing the other Right. The other voice, which is not right. You have to be able to have voices that can reason and, and, and not divide us and, and communicate the understanding. And I'll give you what I'm talking about. I have five kids. My little eight-year-old boy, uh, when he was eight years, right. comes home from school one day depressed. I could see he's depressed. He says, what's wrong, Nick? Because Shakes his head, doesn't want to tell me. I says, we're best friends, you got to tell me everything, right? Yeah. He goes, yeah, Dad. I says, well, what? What happened? Well, Mikey called me a name. Okay, what did he call you? 
shook his head, didn't want to tell me. Come on, Nick, tell me. He called me a faggot, Dad. I go, he called you that. I says, do, do you know what that means? Do you have this? Yeah, Dad, I know. I says, do you have those feelings? No, Dad, I like Christy so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> I says, because it doesn't matter, Nick. It doesn't matter, I says, if you have feelings. Now, I've got to make a snap judgment because I have an eight-year-old, nine-year-old boy and these issues are coming up on TV, they're coming up on culture, they're coming up in the classroom, they're coming up in society, and somebody tried to bully him in some way and call him a name. And I don't know where my son, uh, you know, at that time... Sexually, you know, yeah. Sexually, yeah. you know, neither do they. Right. But the point being is I had to tell him, because here I am, a macho father, uh, I had to tell him, Nick, it doesn't matter, you know, you could tell me anything, you know, it really doesn't matter. You know, I had to communicate to him that don't fear if you do. And uh, I says, and as a, furthermore, I says, if, if anybody else calls another boy or girl a name like that, I says, you stick up for them. I says, because you can't, nobody should be bullied or labeled or anything like that. It's very unhealthy. Why do I say that? Because I know that at 16 or 14, there are kids out there that have a sexual issue, they don't, a uh, gay issue, whatever it might be, and they can't tell their family and they wind up committing suicide. There was a boy in Brooklyn, a violinist, a young 16 or 14 year old boy who was yeah. afraid to tell his parents and he committed suicide in his closet. That, that would be horrific. So at the same time, as I tell the uh, a certain, the w one point of view, to, hey, don't push people off the building, I also speak to the conservative point of view and I say to them, you can't, you have to take accountability for uh, people's feelings in, in terms of uh, uh, not letting them be frightened about what they may feel or who they are. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a very interesting issue in today's society that we have to uh, uh, not put wood on the fire but find a way to uh, turn, take the fire out and just com communicate it in a different way. Right. It's I, become a really hot-button political separate issue. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. H let me ask you, how did you get started in acting in Long Island, New York, back then? Well, I was in... Only from here, pictures. Are you taking pictures? Uh, a little video. No, if you're taking pictures, take them from, like, right over there, not from here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just doing a video. She was taking one of me. <laughs> a whole video with me in the back? No, no, no. Or just a picture for me interviewing, yeah. Uh, uh, we do some over-the-shoulder shot. I don't want over-the-shoulder. Yeah, yeah. You could take the environment. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, take the environment. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, that's what I love about doing a live interview in an, in an old Italian deli. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So how did you get into acting in Long Island? Well, I was a kid and uh, I was in fourth grade and the teacher, Miss Alexander, great, great elementary teacher in public school, put me in a play and I, uh, I did her, I did a play, George Washington Slept Here. I played Sam the Black Butler. And, uh, really? Yeah. And uh, after the performance, she walked me and my parents out to the j j parking lot and said, encourage your son in the arts. He's very talented. And I remember feeling very, uh, you know, internally very good about that. And I had then always been inspired to. And then later on in high school, I won a bunch of awards for, for acting and for singing. 
and for football. I, I was very athletic and uh, got a scholarship to Hofstra University. And, Hofstra? Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did and you end up going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Hofstra. Then I went to New York to study with Stella Adler. Got into the actor's studio and then studied with uh, Lee Strasberg. Three years with Stella. Then with uh, Sandy Meisner and then M Michael Chekhov's work with George Standoff and on and on. Sandra Seacat Milton. I, I loved the art, the craft of it, and learning as much as I could about it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where anybody who's in the actor's studio says they're, they're in it for life. What, what's, what is so important about the action? I've had, we've had four or five actors from the actor's studio on the show, and all of them say the same thing of like, I will never leave, I will always go back, I love it more than life, and, it, and I owe it more than, than you know. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, first off, again, Stella Adler Theater Studio was different than the actor's studio. Sure. Stella Adler Theater Studio, anyone could join up and, you know, pay a fee and, and study with her. She was the one that brought the method acting to, to America right. through the group theater. She was the only one that worked with Stanislavski directly. The actor's studio came out in, later on in the late 40s because of Robert Lewis and Ilya Kazan after the group theater. And then Lee Strasberg later on, as those guys, their directing careers got very busy, they needed someone to take it over, and then Lee Strasberg took the actor's studio over. And the actor's studio was an audition mostly actors that were already working and they came to the actor's studio as a as a safe place to work and to stretch and do things they wouldn't do normally and and to learn more uh but um so that's what the actor's studio was and it was a uh, and also martin lando i worked with him at the actor's studio you know there is a tradition of of that work um that's what i talk about in my post with garfield if you look at Garfield's work, even in like Force of Evil, a great film by A. Polanski, it's one of the great films, uh, Force of Evil, Norm, the film noirs. You see his work in that. You see the you see you see the work. Right. You see brilliant, brilliant work. And he was again before Brando, Cliff, and Dean. He was this, the the trendsetter, Mon, uh, Mon, uh, John Garfield. Who was your favorite growing up? Well, I loved Garfield. I loved Bogart. I loved Brando. Lee Marvin, you know, I mean, uh, and then Pacino, of course, and De Niro, you know, there's a, a Spencer Tracy and Jimmy Cagney. Sure. But, you know, but is that weird right? that you're acting with them or... Gary uh, Cooper. Yeah, that, that, that you're in movies with them and they're your peers, but you still look up to them like Pacino and those guys? Well, I had done a film with Pacino. I've done uh, play readings and almost did a film with Pacino, but had never done a film with Al. So when you read when you read the play reading with Al, like... Yeah, a couple of times. King Lear I did with him and I did another play, Two Bits, I forget what it was he was going to direct. Um, uh, no, those were great. He was just... And he's at the actor's studio yeah. all the time. Um, no, no, that was good. Doing my first film with Sinatra was good. Doing a film with Brando was good. Yeah, uh, how was Sinatra? You know, Sinatra was great. He was really, uh, uh, you know, a great iconic figure to the Italian-American community. He gave the Italian immigrant a huge uh, identity that they hadn't had before. Italians were greaseball, wops, dagos. Uh, you know, they were... They were they were not leading men, and they were, they were, you know, they were the immigrant population at the time. And all of a sudden comes Sinatra, who conquers the film world and the, the music world and becomes a leading man. And as a champion, he was the first artist to come out against anti-Semitism and racial bigotry. Uh, he, he wouldn't go to a, 
a, a, a venue if a black artist wasn't allowed to eat there or stay there or he would refuse to. And he did that a lot with Sammy Davis Jr. Well, he did it with everyone, anyone that was of color at the time. Uh, there's a story about him and Lena Horne going to the store club or the 21 club, and he had made a reservation, and he came with her, and the maitre d' said, excuse me, what would the reservation be under? And he says, I don't have it here. He says, and Lincoln decked the guy and said, try Lincoln. <laughs> and, and because the guy didn't want to sit him down with a woman that was black. That's crazy, and, uh, you know. So he was always a champion of 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 uh, of, uh, of uh, civil rights. Always. You got any crazy Sinatra stories? Not crazy ones. No. No crazy ones. No, just because I, I just ones. read that um, uh, article with Quincy Jones, uh, who, who would work with Sinatra, and he he claimed that Sinatra, you know, told him the story of who killed JFK. Yeah, that that I don't talk about that kind of a thing. I mean, Sinatra was. Uh, just one of the greatest. He was, like I said, not only the Picasso's contribution to music, his c contribution to society. And um, there are speculations of all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and whether that's. And, and Quincy is one of the great people of all time. I, I love Quincy Jones. Yeah, have you met him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you, weird. You didn't do your research, I could tell. What's that? You didn't do much research. I, I know, I, I, I did. But Quincy well, Jones is one of those ones that, that pops up. He's not attached to everybody's name, but if you dig deep enough in the surface, Quincy Jones was at the heart of a lot of music, entertainment, fashion. Um, Quincy's one of the great. He's like the, a Muhammad Ali figure. You know, he was a he's a huge trendsetter and a great figure and uh, great human being. He's gotten a couple presidents elected as well. Uh, the uh, yeah, I mean, look, Sinatra gave me my first Jack Daniels. Uh, I had. Uh, he, I tell these stories in my shows. You know what I mean? So you have a syndicated like, radio show, right? No, no. I, I, I stopped that because it was too much time. Three hours a day was crazy to do a three-hour show. Yeah, you didn't like it? Insane. Three hours a day? <laughs> three hours a day. Stern's been doing it for, geez, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, but that's his life. Yeah, it you is. You know what I mean? My life is singing and acting. Yeah, you know you, what I mean? You're in every movie under the sun. What, what was your first big break? The Cherry Street, the Sinatra film. It was. Oh wow! You know that was my first, uh, my first thing. You know, um, that was the the first thing. That's unbelievable. So the uh, when you're able I, to pull up pictures with you and Quincy Jones on your iPhone, like, well, I don't want you to have to say that, but I mean, you know, no, that's that's me. I wish I could pull that up. I, I've got a I got a picture with my uncle. Here, I'll um, even show you this one here. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, probably. I would, I would too. I would too. Um, wow. I mean, you can't see this at home because it's an audio show. But you're Sinatra, Bill Clinton, yeah. uh, Quincy Jones. Yeah, yeah. He he took a bunch of people, like about fifteen, seventeen people, to my show, and then and then left that. Uh, that's amazing. That's <laughs> left that on the on his That's Facebook absolutely page. amazing. You know? Yeah, that you could say later on. Yeah, 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 of yeah. Of course, <laughs> of but, course. Uh, um, so you you do the movie with Sinatra, and then then how is it after that? As far as getting movies, is it easier or difficult? Well, you sure, still auditioning no. and grinding every day? Well, yeah, you're doing everything that you got to do, but it was a lot easier because now you're in the system. You're in, you know, you're meeting. 
you're meeting a ton of very high-profile, powerful people. And uh, so that was the, you know, that, that started it off. Sure. That, that made life a lot easier down the line and uh, subsequently, you know, the what, career. What would you say is your most famous movie that everybody comes up to? Would you say it's Goonies? Would you say it's License to Kill? You know, that really depends. You, you, you don't know where. You know, there's Goonies, there's Die Hard, there's Showgirls. Die Hard, yeah, show, yeah, yeah. There's, there's 130, 40 films and then a ton of television. And, you know, a lot of people have different uh, Expendables 3. Yep. A lot of people have different, uh, different uh, you know, uh, tastes. My, my generation's Goonies, so uh, yeah, obviously. That, well, that's one of the cult films of all time. Yeah. Yeah, and have you heard the talk? They're they're talking about remaking it, rebooting it. They say that every couple of years. Yeah, you know, and then nothing's happened. No, nothing has happened to Goonies. It hasn't. No, it, I, I think they would have done it already. And it's, I don't, un, it's unfortunate, you know. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think they making, should remake that. They're remaking Magnum PI again, you know, uh, the and worst. all that stuff. Well, so. they're doing it with an ethnically diverse cast too, in that yeah, one, which is all right. Maybe uh, they'll do that with Goonies. One of my best friends is on Lethal Weapon. He's playing Riggs right now on Fox. Oh, nice. Who's yeah. that? Uh, Clayne Crawford. So he was on the show oh, yesterday. Uh, what show? Uh, this show. Oh, your show. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. Yeah. He, he was on this show yesterday. He's, oh, nice. he's directing you that episode. You should do a show every day. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Five days a week. You do five days a week. Oh, yeah. No yeah. kidding. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, with this many listeners, it's uh, it only keeps getting bigger and bigger it? and bigger. How many listeners do you have? I do. It's weird. I started off in I started off in movies. I probably only do one movie a year now. Um, okay. But I did high twenties somewhere in there. Uh-huh. Uh, some so bad that you know they don't end up on IMDb. Right. Others oh, great big studio movies and it's and it's fantastic. Right. Um, but, but I mean, I, how many years have you been doing the show? This this show for about two and a half. Two and a half years. And you have how many listeners? Oh, boy. Viewers? 2.2 million plus the other one is 750. Over 3 million. What's the other one? Uh, Drinking Bros. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so and we, where, do you, we have where do you have this on? Where do you where do you show this and stuff? Podcasts. It's around the world. Oh, all right. So every every country in the entire world, yeah. Um, big big part of the audience is uh, first responders and military. Oh, God about bless 75%, them. About 75%, yeah. Yeah, well, so we a lot of people, shout out to... A lot of people listening overseas. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I like it. It's just figuring out the shift in media. Um, when I came up, you did traditional films, shot them on 35 millimeter. Right. Uh, you know, you weren't doing social media or taking pictures or putting every single thing about your personal life out there. Right. Whereas now, it's a it's a whole different world, um, as you can imagine. Right. So it was kind of changing with the media for me, where I started to notice uh, long form movies. Kids had less patience. Like an hour and a half was just too much for kids. Right. Television right now, you're, you're in the golden age where you know you got some of the best shows. There's good shows on now. the good planet. Writing, being great think? writing. Uh, great because it feels writing. like everybody's shifting over from from TV from movies to television. Uh, not only for the money aspect of it, but no, just the for the creative. The writing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when I did my show Profiler, which was another successful mm-hmm. show for NBC. I was one of the first. Movie guys that then that crossed over that crossed over that said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do television now." And then after me, this was '96 to 2000, and right after me, then some other guys started to go into it. You know, yeah, more more than they had before in the past. What does your agent say to you? Like, hey, this is a risky move, or, or was he pushing for it at the time? How can you do a risky move? You know what I mean? When the you know you're doing you're going to start for me. It, yeah, well, it, well, it, it depends, because movie guys, it used to be a separation. Movie guys were movie guys, TV guys were TV guys, commercials were commercials, 
And you didn't really cross that much. Now the line is so blurred that all these major movie stars are doing television. Yeah, but you got to realize at some point that was going to happen again because two things. I had to... Uh what I had to, I was playing, you know, I, I wanted to play, I had to be uh, strategically in the career, I wanted to then make a switch to, to, to leading man. And um, in film I had played a couple of B-movies where I was the leading guy. The A pictures, I was, you know, the, 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 like the Bond villain and stuff. Yeah, the heavy. Uh, yeah. The heavy and yeah. stuff like that, which was great. You know, I mean, that's a... But I knew, like Bogart, how did he make his career? He, Maltese Falcon, detective, private investigator. He switches over from bad guy. Now, we didn't have Warner Brothers now. Right. Had I been under Warner Brothers, under that studio system, I would have been weaned into, right after Bond, into my own film, which at that time could have made that transition. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? Because I, the foreign money uh, 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 that they could raise on my name... I could have made a transition into now leading man had I been with the studio system. Yeah. Or an agency that was packaging, which I wasn't at the time. So television was able to do that in a way because now I play this head of the FBI, profiler, edgy and everything else, and I become a leading man on TV and was voted for three years in a row the sexiest man alive on TV and film. Because yeah, you still of, are. Because you of, still are. Well, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> well, with the singing, with the singing, I think I got something going on. Yeah. But I'm just saying, so all of a sudden, from that experience now, I was accepted mainstream television as the leading man when people, you know. Uh, 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 so that was something that I weighed my... Um, uh, the, the, the options the options from film to TV. I says if I can do that, and I'm already in film. If I can now make that transition in television, and become leading man, be, uh, and wipe away just the bad guy thing. That was the uh, that was the strategic uh, thing that I had done at that time. Uh, do you did you enjoy? Unfortunately, we didn't have the social media we had today. I know. If we yeah. had the social media that we have today, yeah. that would have blown up like a son of a gun. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it would have been sick because we were on for four years and I was getting, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, you could have just taken it. And we were on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock. We got a 19 share <laughs> the first oh, few weekends. And by the time we were canceled, we were getting 11, 12 shares. Which is still big today. Yeah, yeah, that's that's higher than the NFL ratings are today. Well, that's what killed us. Garth Anseer wanted to put on extreme football. Oh, the XFL. He wanted to put on a, a, yeah. that and 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 cleared his Saturday night and took a hundred and fifty million dollar bath. Teaches you that executives know nothing. No, nothing, nothing at all. When you Some made, do. When you made that leap from from movies to television, Warren Littlefield. Did, did you like it? Yeah, yeah. And and Les Moonves does because Les Moonves, when he saw the success of Profiler, he's a very smart uh, head. Les Moonves, he said to his people, from what I've been told, is he said, "I want shows like Profiler." So what happens? Profiler gets canceled. The staff of Profiler and the DP go to Bruckheimer and do a show called CSI. Tiny and show. NBC was number one when we were on. The next year, NBC started to lose its... St when we got off the air. Yeah. And CBS putting on shows like CSI, Without a Trace, Criminal Minds, just gave his whole... Became number one. 
Yeah, uh, it's, you know? it's crazy. When you made that transition from film to TV, did you like it? Or was that, was that grinds? Because a, a one hour on television is a grind, right? Yeah, 17 hours a day, 15 hours a day. But you're not thinking of that. You know, you kind of pace yourself. You learn how to do that. I've, I've worked in independent films. I've worked in films where you have long hours. And, uh, you know, you never think... that Your work ethic is your work ethic. Look, I've worked... Before I did the Sinatra film, mm-hmm. you wanted a funny Sinatra story. I was working as a waiter in an Italian restaurant called Fiorello's across from Lincoln Center. And at a fruit and vegetable stand from 7 at night to 7 in the morning, two days a week, you know, lifting these bales of vegetables and fruits from the cold basement to the on the 110th and Broadway, you know, to put yeah, out yeah, yeah. and take it, you know, I mean, th- that was that was like, that's hard. You know, yeah, that's like, hard work. But, uh, and, and the waiter thing was good, but I was making good money, but I got fired from that job uh, because uh, it's nothing I did, but I went in one day and the, the, the guy, the general manager, said, uh, you didn't turn in all your checks check your drawer. Everybody had a drawer which locked, you mm-hmm. know. So I went into the drawer and I looked and there was a check in there. I took it out and it wasn't my handwriting. I'm a lefty. It was slanted to the right, different penmanship, everything. I brought it to him. I go, oh, his name was Frank, oddly enough. I says, Frank, this isn't mine. He says, I got to let you go. Now, I didn't know at that moment I should have said, what will it cost to keep my job? Because I was bragging about how good my tips were. Right. And if you looked at other people's checks, I was making so much more because I wasn't, there was a way of, you better eat that while it's hot. Oh, yeah. I, I, this is what it is, right? Eggplant parmesan. Yeah, the eggplant yes. parm, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to taste it. Yes. So now, make sure it's hot enough, too, because it's... It was really hot, so I was like, Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so what was happening was the... Um, um, the, the, the check was slanted to the left. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so anyway... I didn't know enough to say to him, Giovanni, could you please put my music on instead of this? I mean, for God's sakes, I give you promotion around the world. I've made the San Carlo Deli famous in film, books, television, and you don't even play my music when I come here. You know how, how bad that is? The machine breaks. Well, then at least take that off, all right? Don't play anything. You want that off? T- take it off. You it's irritating. It yes. I hear some woman yelling. I don't even know what she's saying. It's like the lady that left a few minutes ago. What the yeah. Hell? She was great, wasn't she? She was wonderful. God she bless her. Well, I'm doing, I'm doing the American Songbook now. Yes. There it is. I just, I just told him that. I just said that's what I. That yes. was my favorite movie. Was the Goonies. So yes, I am, honey. Look at look at the age difference of how oh, yeah. long that movie spans. Everybody loves the Goonies. Still? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You sure that meatballs are hockey pucks? That's not the normal. That's not the normal. Uh, Mod on. What are you doing to me today? I'm trying to like. How long have you lived out here by uh, San Carlo? Italian, Italian deli. This, this was uh, the one we made uh, yesterday. This I just made. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't want. I want one that's nice and hot. It's too hot. Mm. Now you're gonna blame me. They say I cannot sing no more. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Good. Would you like a pizza? Jova. No. How about my salad? It's coming. Okay. It takes what? You said the espresso takes a while, too. No, no, I'm just teasing. You're lucky. I just fixed it. You know what? That's a good meatball. I, give me, give me, give me today's meatballs. Don't give me. Give, this is the first time meatballs. in show history that we've had a full Italian dinner. It's the best. Come out and, and uh, uh, no. of of all time. It's amazing. So. Uh, I have to give you some cheese. Come on. No, no, don't take. Come on in. Come on in. Wait a minute. You okay? You got to take a good picture. Stand up. Not you, your dad. Hold on a second. Take it from this angle over here. Oh, okay. Because the sun is coming in this way. Here, sit down over here, sweetheart. And your dad's going to take it high, high angle. And we're going to do this, like this. A little more this way. Does she have light on her? Yeah. Wait, yeah, stay right where you are. No, yeah, I got, yeah. I got. Go ahead. Oh, the sun's right on her face. Yeah. Okay, wait. There you go. There right you go. One, two, three. All right. Let's see that. That's a great picture. I'll, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Sorry. That's Sorry. a very, you, you look so beautiful in that picture. Stunning. It's nice to, what's your name? Linnea. Linnea? Yeah. That's a beautiful name, Linnea. Thank you. It means wildflower. Wildflower? Hawaiian flower. Hawaiian flower. Oh, yeah. Linnea. <laughs> well, lovely to meet you. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Hey, nice to meet you. What's nice your name? You. Mike. Mike, nice to meet you. The Goonies. So, I tell you, the Goonies transcends. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you that story. But anyway, so I get fired from the deli. Uh-huh. I didn't know I should have said to the guy, how much would it cost for me to keep my job? Yeah. Because I guess he heard I was making good tips. Uh, who knows what? Now, three months later, I get this film with Sinatra. And that's even a story in itself that I'll tell you at part two sometime. All right. But what happens is I get this uh, film with Sinatra, and Harry Guardino was in it. Great actor. You know him from the yep. Clint Eastwood films. So I'm d- talking to Harry one night. We're filming in New York and Little Italy, all around Manhattan and Queens, Brooklyn. And I tell Harry the story that I just, you know, could you believe this? If I hadn't gotten fired, I wouldn't have kind of like had that engine to because I now I have to tell you why because the agent was submitting me for this film but he was saying Sinatra's using all his friends so I he says uh, so it's not going to happen I says where's the production office on a whim he goes Fifth Avenue I says I'm going to go up there he goes go ahead what do you have to lose and because I went up there I wind up getting this part that's great all right what did they say yeah what did they say to you when I went up yeah well first off there was a guard right Mm -hmm. and Nowadays, they'd stop you, but I says, where's the production for Cherry Street? It's the third floor. They says, do you mind if I go up? He goes, go ahead. So I go up, and there's a woman behind the desk and one sitting on the desk, and I says, can I help you? They said, can I help you? I says, I understand Cherry Street's being cast here, and um, I was told it's all cast, but I wanted to see for myself and come up. And, and they just looked at me, and they just said, not quite. Do you have a picture and resume? I didn't want to be presumptuous, so I didn't bring one. Bring one tomorrow morning. Okay. To myself, I says, that's the opening. Screw that. I'm going to go right now, get a picture and resume, come back in five, ten minutes. Because right. the agent's office was right down the, you know, close. 
got the, came back 10 minutes later. They're in different positions behind the desk. They laugh. I go, why wait? They go, thank you very much. The next morning, when you used to have a pocket full of quarters in your pocket, you know, yeah. to make active phone, uh-huh. you didn't have cell phones and answering yeah, services. Yeah, phone, yeah. So he called up. They say, call Columbia right away. I call Columbia right away. They says, come and pick up, get here right away and pick up a script. I go there. They give me a script. They say, read these scenes. Come back at 6 o'clock. Go to the park and rehearse, which I did. I come back. I get this part. And um, so that kind of like, had I not been fired, I may not have said, where's the production? Sure, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. had that job. I would have been cool. Did you ever go back to that boss and say, hey? Wait. So this is the story. So I told the story to Harry Guardino. So one night in filming, Harry knocks on the trailer door. And he says to me, he says, come on, we're going to go to dinner. The old man wants to go to dinner. I says, okay. So I go in the car, and I'm there with Sinatra, Martin Gables, Jilly Rizzo, another gentleman, another guy, big, big, important guy from New York. Right. Big, important guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we drive up Broadway, turn around, and go right to Fiorello's. We're right in front of Fiorello's. I look at Harry Guardino. He smiles. I look at Sinatra. He smiles. He goes, come on, let's go get something to eat. And nothing was ever said. And so the restaurant I was fired from four months earlier, I'm now there no with Frank Sinatra. Way. And the general manager and everybody is there, you know, serving me. So did, did, they, did they just die? It was, you know, I, you know, it was very interesting to watch. <laughs> that well, had to have been like the ultimate. Where it's, you go back in with Sinatra. I mean, they probably died. So he never said anything to you? Like, oh, he used to work for me. No. Are you kidding? He was afraid he was going to be killed. That's Who hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> was Frank Taste is good about these These sausages are killed. They're just fr- just made. Oh, really? They're fresh. Yeah. Was Frank as good of a guy as everybody says he was? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Who Who else have you worked with that that's kind of on that level where you were like, man, there's not a better person, not a better human to work with. Well, Sinatra was such an iconic. I mean, you know. You don't, you don't get much. I mean, I've worked with Brando. I've worked with everybody. Yeah. Clint Eastwood, Schwarzenegger, Telly Zavala. I mean, Sinatra's kind of like the be-all and end-all of everyone. Yeah, and, and every story about Sinatra, everybody says the same thing. Like, look, you'll never, there'll never be an- another Sinatra. No. No, this guy, he would read a story. He would read a story about um, a family didn't have food. And he would say to his secretary, Dorothy or someone, you know what, send them $500 worth of food. And then he'd say, you know what, they won't have a refrigerator. Put it off. Get them a refrigerator, too. He was that impulsive really? to help people. Yeah. Had a huge, huge compassion for people. How about Brando? He was what was he like as a person? Very yeah. funny. Very... Um, bye, Linnea. Nice to meet Take you, honey. Take care, guys. Brando was great. Um, funny story with him. Well, I'd met him with George Englund many times, and um, and with Stella Adler. The first time I met him was with Stella. This is delicious. This is the best sausage I've ever tasted. Did you just make this today? You don't have to do that. Taste that sausage. Oh my God! That That's sausage. incredible. That's so. Oh yeah. Did you see that shirt? Yeah. 
We got to take pictures. We got to take pictures. We, 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 yeah, we'll take pictures How afterwards. How good is the sausage? You know. So you come here once a week? I come here when I come here. Yeah. Once a week, who knows? Twice, sometimes not for a while. Oh, yeah? Yes. That's crazy. Giovanni and his wife, yeah. But yeah. back to... back to My gumbada. <laughs> back to Brando. Uh, did he get weird later on in life? Or was that always from the get-go? Um, what do you mean weird? He, he was... He, what, he bought a private island, wasn't leaving the islands for a while. Um, you know, there was crazy stories of him, like, just eating and never moving again, never getting up. Well, he wouldn't talk to people later on. Twenty-five minutes ago, he showed up over here limousine. The driver and we just opened up, and he said, "Can I try your meatball? Can I try your sausage? The marinara sauce, this and that, the eggplant, and that's it." I don't know. We'll let you try it, but uh, that's uh, not the way. You can come in. And then we find out that this guy, he was uh, doing uh, the movie, The Profile. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was working on The Profile? Yeah. That's So he started to come. Since that day, can get rid of him. And they used to bring, I used to have them sometimes if we were working late. I used to have them bring food to the crew. Really? From here. Yeah, I saw your picture on the wall when we walked yeah, in. I was like, oh, of course. Means, you know, that's just, there's pictures on the walls all over the place. But no, this, this is, you know, any special place here. But anyway, the, um, no, Brando, look, Brando, funny story. When we went to, he was an artist. He was an, an expressionist. He became, he conquered realism and then wanted to do expressionism. So when we did Columbus, we were in Madrid, and he wanted to create a different character. He was playing Torquemada, and he had these teeth made like a, like a vampire. He wanted to be Torquemada, and um, he asked me what I thought, and, uh, but that wasn't what the film was about. Right. You, know? he, he needed, you needed to change the whole lighting scheme, and he was a little bit disheartened about that. But he loved the director, John Glenn, and uh, John Glenn talked to him. Really good guy, and uh, you know, it was hard. He he saw a whole different interpretation for the character. You know, sure, sure. Uh, how many movies are you grinding out a year now? Depends. I, I, I saw you got, a, you got a ton in post production. I got ton. You know, in different good ones. Who knows? I'm about to do a new Netflix series. Are you? What's the name of it? Paper Empire. Right now, it's uh, it's it's called. We just did the pilot in South Beach. Great character. Um. Um, hopefully what's that, that, what's that one about? I play a, a Madoff kind of character, a uh, financial genius of geniuses who's arrested, put in prison for uh, creating the biggest Ponzi scheme ever, or so they say. And I get sprung uh, out of prison from uh, a son I had from my housekeeper 30 years earlier who was estranged from me because of that relationship and changed his name. And uh, I, I don't want to tell too much, but it's, sure. I wind up becoming the financial genius and wizard of this 
underworld empire and create cryptocurrency and start having nations fight and take over companies and a whole bunch of havoc. It's a great character. Were you a Netflix fan? Do you watch a lot of Netflix before you we, got the series? It's then? either Netflix or Amazon or one of those places. Yeah, you know same. I mean? Same. Yeah, but yo, yeah, I like the Netflix. Yeah, I don't like that they don't have the Dukes on there, the film I directed yet. Right. But I like it. <laughs> well, maybe after your show gets picked up, you can talk take to them about guys. it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yes, that could be. Uh, what do you enjoy more? Do you, do you enjoy singing more or singing. acting? I love yeah. the singing, yeah. I'll be at Foxwoods Casino May 19th. Okay. And I'll be at the Feinstein's 54 Below May 16th and 17th in Manhattan. And uh, you got to plug in some of my, my music here. Oh, I will, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll put yeah. it at the end of the episode. Um, yeah. Any and artist they can get it on. Amazon and iTunes. Yeah. They can get yeah, Dobby Sing Sinatra. We usually play two of their songs at, at the end of the, the show. Okay. Um, so, so we'll load it up with that. Let yeah. me ask you this. If, if somebody said to you, hey, you, you have to give up acting forever, but you could have you know, a singing career forever, would you do, would you do that? Would well, you have given away all, all the movies you've done? All the movies I've done for what? No, I like both. Why, you know, why make that decision? Ah, some people love it more. A lot of actors I know, like some friends of mine who've, who've crossed into musicians, oh, no, they I all love say the, the same thing, that they love, I love being the on music. stage. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that there's nothing like the live show, but yes. I'm not going to give up a career that I've had, you know, you built up. Because one thing, that's like, you know, asking, there's not too many guys that really cross over like I do. Right. You know, that have really, you know, you saw what was said about me. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, there was Sinatra, and who else is there, really, that's had that level of... Success, yeah. You know, Barbara Streisand. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have a few of them. Tony Bennett, as great as he has, hasn't had a film career. No, he hasn't at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you have some other guys that uh, that do it, but are not quite, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, so, I don't know. Out of today's crop of stars, who's your favorite, acting-wise? Uh, how do you mean? Give me some names. Tom Hardy. Like Very Tom good. Hardy's, uh, that's my dude right now where I'm just like, all right, Very cool. Good. Any well, movie he comes out in, I'll try to catch no matter what. Like, yeah. uh, there's, there's, you know, a handful of actors that no matter what they're in, yeah. and if I don't like the trailer, I like the trailer, I'll definitely go and see it. Yeah. Tom Hardy right now is, is, is one of those guys for me. Do you have, do you have one like that? No, no, I like him. I like, of course, DiCaprio I like. You know, I mean, yep. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of great actors. You know, a lot of, I mean, good actors that, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, to kind of like, again, it's like somebody saying to me, what's your favorite Sinatra song? There's so many great and different performances sure. and different qualities of someone's work that you appreciate. They don't have to necessarily be the big star. You know what I mean? It's like Thomas Gomez in Force of Evil gives a great yeah. performance. He's a character guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, there's, there's great actors and great acting all over the place. You know? Who would have ever thought Alice and Janie would, from a TV series would win the Oscar last night? Yeah, that was something, wasn't it? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. she comes out, right? I mean, she was in that, what was that show she did? She did ER or something? West Wing. Yeah, she was on uh, West Wing. She's on Mom. And now uh, she won for I, Tanya last night. Yeah. 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 I'm not. I'm only tasting. <laughs> You're a big cheap wine guy. No. Uh, no. No. First off, it's it's a 
I like in the afternoon this particular, but Lambrusco, but this particular one. Thank you, sir. You can try other Lambruscos, and I don't like them. They're a little bit dry. This is a little bit sweet. But this Lambrusco is the best, San Antonio. Oh, it's great. Right? Yeah. On a hot California summer day. That's great. This thing just like, you know. No, not at all. This is great. Look at how good that is. I mean, is that refreshingly good? So if That's I'm going to really have good. this, you want to taste it all of a sudden. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. You got to get, this is a great wine to get. It's a great afternoon, hot summer day. You know what I mean? It's good any day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, yeah. Are you a, are you a mom? No. Oh, because you'd, you'd be drinking this every day then if you were, you know? This is fantastic. What about female singers? Who's your favorite female singer? Um, well, I mean, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, Peggy Lee. Sure. I like Streisand, you know. Um, you listen to any, anything top 40 these days, or is it... Uh, you know, I like, I, I like Taylor Swift, Katy Perry. You know, I like, I mean, I, all of that. Beyonce, yeah. Rihanna. I like Sia a lot, you know. I think she's got a, yeah, yeah, yeah. an amazing vibe going on, that woman. And, uh, you know, Adele. I mean, there's a lot of great, uh, uh, you know, there's such... You know, what's your favorite? Stuff. What's your favorite? I like venue? Laura Fabian. You know, her I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What's your favorite venue to play? Um, favorite venue. You ever I, done Radio City Music Hall? Not yet. No. Okay. No. I've done a. Bye. Take care. I've done some big arenas with 5,000 people, 2,000 yeah. people. I've done outdoor parks for 15,000 people. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd love to park. see you at Coachella. You know, Just on the main fun. stage at Coachella, it would be amazing. Right, doing some tough, tough... People would love it. Last year they had Hans Zimmer. Yeah. And Hans Zimmer came out and crushed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was yeah. pretty spectacular. It'd be, it'd be fun to see How you on the guys, main stage. How many guys... I'm going to show you something now that's... You'll get a kick out of it as well, because you saw Sinatra, you saw Quincy, you saw, mm-hmm. right? I mean, not to, not to, I mean, when you think about how many legends are there, right? Um, well, you've been that guy for a long time, Link. I feel like everybody knows you, even if they don't know you. Even when I showed up today, I was like, yeah, ah, that's, that's an old friend of mine, right, even though we've right. never met before. Right. Well, you've seen me for the last 40 for years. If you've been you also, alive. You, you also have that, that aura about you where it's like, oh, hey, yeah, of, of, of course we're meeting here at San Carlo Italian Deli in the middle of the afternoon. Like, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Like, where else? Polo Lounge? You want that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where it usually ends uh, up is, uh, hey, yeah, meet me at the Polo Lounge. No, I did, I did a thing with one of the big uh, writers, syndicated writers. I, I mean, huge, legendary guy. Mm-hmm. We met here. Yeah, he yeah. talked about the whole thing about you know you didn't expect it to go to this and that, but we met here. <laughs> how know? many? How many? How many I've deals have you sealed here? Yeah, yeah, quite a few. Because people, you know, did you eat that eggplant or no? You're not. You don't like it. No, I do like it. What happened? She's had about 90 dishes. She's the, behind the scenes, behind you. They just keep feeding her over and over. You're and not over eating the again. eggplant. You got to eat that. <laughs> You didn't have your sandwich yet. 
I have it. I, I ate half the sandwich. Already. Oh, you did? It was so good that I ripped through it. Oh, shit. Like I was. I didn't in, even see that. In Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. You definitely. Yeah, I was playing for keeps. When I said, hey, I'm getting something, I'm definitely getting okay, something. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I ripped through that sub like something fierce. All right. That's a good thing. I want to how show old are you. This. How old are your kids now, by the way? Son is 35. Daughter's 27. Is getting married in May. 19. Okay. 2019, 26-year-old daughter and twins that are 17. You still married? No. No? No. We're, uh, uh, you know, no. Haven't been for years. But you think you ever close. will? You think you'll ever remarry again? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like relationships. I like a good relationship. And, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 yes, I will. I will. What's the one role left that you haven't? No, of course. What's the one role left, by the way, that you haven't played that you you want to? Uh, the role that I want to play. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I you know I, that's another thing. I, I don't look at like that. You don't? Nah. Oh, I don't sit back and go. I wish I. I, I, I go back and I think about, you know what I want to do? I want to do this. I want to do good work. You know, you keep moving forward. You keep morphing into whatever you might morph into. And I don't think of, uh, you know, what you can say, yeah, would it be nice to have a Grammy? Would it be nice to have an Oscar? Would it be nice to have the recognition of that? But, you know, I've had, I've had other kind of... Uh, uh, how do you say yes. it? Other kind of, you know. Man. When I say to you, like a venue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. So this is like, uh, so the, uh, you know, this is in Estonia. That's amazing. It's 5,000 people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was a great, great concert with a big band and stuff. And, and that, when you're in another country and you have people respond to your work like that. You know, a 12-minute standing ovation. Yeah. And then wanting encore after encore. Uh, and, you know, you have that in Eisenhower Park in Long Island or at Vegas at the Venetian. And I did also, you know, the last performances at the Orleans with uh, Don Rickles. Foxwoods is a great venue in Connecticut. Uh, Falls View in Niagara Falls, great yeah. venue, you know. There are great venues all over the country, you know, even a little club. Yeah, look, Foxwoods, they have a lot of fights there. Yeah, they have the, uh, the a lot of that stuff, but yeah. they have a lot of music. Sinatra opened their 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 thing back in the day. You a boxing guy at all? My cousin was a guy named Richie Giacchetti. Ever hear of him? Mm -mm. Richie Giacchetti managed and trained Larry Holmes, Aaron Pryor, Michael Gokes, Ernie okay. Chavis, Mike Tyson. He put Don King in boxing, so th my family was always in boxing. He also ran Sly's company back in the day, Tiger Eye. Gotcha. When they, Sly wanted to get that heavyweight yeah, yeah, yeah. champion. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I've been a bit boxing. Fan. How are your skills? Because you look like a tough guy where it's well, like, what all you, right. What yeah. do you think? I, yeah. I, I am so tough, I've never had a fight. <laughs> because that? you've got that look of like, hey, we, we no, just No, because I have nothing guy? to prove. Yeah. I don't believe you have anything to prove. I'd rather be a lover and a romantic. I'm a singer. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not a, I'm not a brawler. If anything, I try to bring peace, and, and uh, if I'm wrong, my ego's not going to get in the way of, of me. Like I see people with road rage, for instance, and if you're wrong, apologize. You don't have to throw a finger at somebody else. Sure. You know what I mean? It's about bringing love and peace to the world. 
it's not about uh, my ego's not involved with that. You know what I mean? My right. ego doesn't need that kind of uh, uh, whatever it might be that causes someone to say, "Hey, you know what?" And then want to have a. a, a I rather, I think, I think it's more, it's more interesting to, uh, to uh, subvert any kind of conflict, right? And be able to, to, because uh, 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 if someone wants to fight, there's a pain there. There's a there's a pain they're going through. There's a frustration. There's a jealousy. There's a frustration. There may be an offense that you don't know that you did to somebody, and you have to look at that because you can't justify a fight. Now the sport of it is something else. You know what I mean? The sport of it. But but in the in the restaurant and stuff like that, uh, you have to, you know, the, the the people are people. Do you have a favorite out of everything you've done, uh, acting wise? That was one job that stood out from everything else? You know, again, those questions are like... uh, It's like saying, you know, what's the best night of lovemaking you had with your wife? Oh, I can can tell you right now. (laughs) Can Uh, you? Yeah. So, well, then I have to say to you, the best is yet to come. (laughs) (laughs) See, my answer would be the best is yet to come. (laughs) I wouldn't I like that. Look, Robbie, you're you're a true artist. Um, Ironically, the only other person who's been this dodgy with questions was in the actor's studio. Who? Michael Raymond James. I don't know him. He was all about the work, all about the art. Same thing. Didn't have a favorite movie, didn't have a favorite project. Just enjoyed the work, enjoyed the process and the the journey that, that comes with it along the way. And it's refreshing to hear. Usually people want to be famous for whatever reasons and... uh, uh, to hear you talk about your amazing life and singing career and acting career and 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 really stress the the journey and, and everything you've been on. Yeah, it's, it's the process again. It's always the process, no matter what you do. I mean, and, and as humans, we, we're fallible, and uh, you know we can we can screw up and uh, all kind. But it's the process, and I'm having a great time. You know, I think this new part I have. Is going to be one of the best parts I've had, you know, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. And again, like I said, I, the the uh, the gift of being able to sing to the public and have the best musicians back me up, you know. Right. I, my rhythm section is my musical director, is Streisand's musical director. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, to have these great jazz musicians be there backing up your 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 thing and. Uh, and then communicating to the audience. That's something that, you know, you can't... Uh, there's a communion with the audience that... Uh, and music is... Uh, the reason why I say music, see, the music is, is a spiritual expression. You have a spiritual expression with the music. It transcends between you and the audience. You have that in film, but it's an isolated experience. You know what I mean? You can have that in your acting and in watching a film. But the live performance, being able to channel something and people's emotion and bring them along with you, uh, you know, to have 5,000 people or 10,000 or 15,000 people quiet, right. listening to you sing a ballad and express your heart, that's, that's pretty... And, and feeling their pain, you know, channeling what they... It's, it's quite amazing. Well, look, you've had an amazing career, and uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Not only that, but I appreciate you bringing in me to, to San Carlo Italian Deli. Well, it's more of a, uh, you know, it's, 
I think it's interesting for the audience to hear the, the life around us. It's amazing, yeah. The, right? and the woman tell me to go kill myself and how my uncle's a better <laughs> man than I. Like, what was your uncle like? I'll never get this from, from anybody else. Great guy. Yeah. CEO. Uh, probably better than me. Yeah. So I agree with her assessment. I didn't even bother correcting her. No. You. you yeah. No. You were. Ve- yeah. Oh, was it, what was she saying? Quincy Jones? Uh, I doubt it. Was Qu- she? Quincy Jones seems like a great man. Was she saying that or him? I couldn't tell. I, uh, no, I, couldn't I mean tell. that's a terrible thing to say for either person. Yeah. You, yeah. You know what I mean? But she was mad. I don't think it. At, at, who she? You have to play it back and see who she was angry at. But that was, it yeah. was a little uncalled for. Yeah. Eh, you know, I don't. Either think way, was. I'm so used to people like that in Los Angeles. It doesn't. It, it doesn't really? Do you get that sometimes? Oh, all the time. And you what reason though? What did you say that was like off? That would offend her. Uh, you didn't. See? The picture. Uh, what what sometimes picture? It's, it's she was taking a picture of, uh, of us doing you. an interview, but. Uh, it was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, you, you. you. <laughs> Yeah, but it wasn't, uh, and, and I mean, if anybody was talking about anything, it was me. Yeah, uh, it's fine either way. You know what I mean? Maybe she was, like, sublimating what she was feeling. Yeah. Projecting on, uh, you know what I mean? Because I was talking about issues that were, you know, you didn't, you, you, you posed the question, but I brought it somewhere because I thought it was important to speak about. What I've learned is everybody's got their own weird shit going on throughout the day, as long as it's not inhibiting me uh, in any fashion, then I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah, that's the the most important thing. I'm good with it, and uh, it's I'm unfortunate that she was so uh, closed like ah, that. It's fine. Oh, she's back. Um. <laughs> she, she's gonna keep coming back. I have a feeling she's just a diehard fan of yours. Um. I doubt it. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Robert. Thank I want to show you something. Before. Great. You know, just don't get the imposter. Absolutely, and we'll play a couple songs. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, at the end of the show, what are yeah, your two friend favorites? Me at, we'll put your friend two me at Robert John Davi on Twitter and at Robert Davi on Instagram. Okay. What are my two? What? What are your two favorite songs you've done? That, that well, I'll, I'll play those back to back that you that you love. Uh, I cannot ask you a favorite on anything today. I know. No, no. I, you know what? I, 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 I'll send you. You should send. Here's what you should do. You should probably play. Um. There's just, um, it's difficult. It's difficult to say. You know what I'll go? I'll go by, by the, the Spotify rating. I'll go, that's your two highest songs on Spotify. Yeah, but that's like, you know, unless you're really promoting your Spotify and putting well, money no, in no, that. No, no, but, but that, they at least rate it uh, differently than iTunes does. So that shows you who the fans think your favorite songs are. Yeah, but they might not know the others. They, they might not, but it's they all on there. The other. Uh, they've got a crazy algorithm on Spotify. Let's see it now. Yeah. After we hang up, oh, show I will. me what's I will, there. For sure. All for right. sure. Uh, I appreciate you doing the show. Uh, if you were in the uh, the area, come to San Carlo Italian Deli as well in Chatsworth, and uh, and check it out. Some of the best food we've had, and some of the best wine. I, I have a feeling we're going to end up killing this before we leave. Uh, it's so good. Uh, so good, Robert. Thanks again. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can find. Robert Davi on all social media platforms at Robert Davi. So on Instagram at Robert Davi. Uh, same with Twitter, Facebook. Find at Robert Davi.
summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me. All summer long, we sang a song and then we strolled that golden sand. Two sweethearts and the summer wind. Like painted kites, those days and nights they went flying by. Beneath the blue umbrella sky Then softer than the piper man One day it called to you I lost you, I lost you to the summer wind Winter winds, they have all come and gone. Still, those days, those lonely days, they go on and on. And guess who sighs his lullabies through nights that never end? My fickle friend. The summer wind that warm, warm summer wind. It came and took you away. Summer wind.